event design really resonated with me. A, a quick story. When I started out as an MC and I was receiving texts, they said, okay, here, here's your text, read them out. And even as I was reading them, I would find disconnects. Like I'm talking uh, and I'm talking about this and this is not about event. This is the marketing team making me say this. This is the legal team making me say this. A good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. Would you leave it to chance? Join the authors of Design to Change and explore this series of conversations with designers and event owners. Driven by the need and conversations with event owners and event designers who use the event canvas around the world, this series explores the depths of conversations to elevate your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Episodes are hosted by Rude Janssen, Rue Friesen, Dennis Lehrer, and Paul Rilkins, with illustrious changemakers, designers, and pioneers in the field of design and beyond. To explore these conversations and additional content, visit designtochange.online. For now, let's start the conversation. Conversations. Welcome, everybody, and welcome, Anthony Hong, in our virtual studio, in our podcast, podcast studio. Welcome, Anthony. Thank you for having me. A pleasure being here. Can't wait to exchange. Yeah, I'm really, really excited to have this conversation with you. For the listeners, let me introduce Anthony. Anthony is from Canada, from Quebec, Quebec City. And he has actually come across the Event Design Collective and the Event Canvas a few few years ago and engaged with us and engaged in the Event Design Certificate Program. But before that, and ever since, he is a an MC. And also in the COVID-19 pandemic, he actually pivoted to a virtual, being a virtual MC uh, and doing what, he was, what he's really good at. And he, we co- we've come across in his, on his LinkedIn profile that he has studied at Concordia University, where the Event Design Collective held, his, held its um, Event Design Certificate program for two years in a row with uh, Marie-France Watson, who was, who was our host there. And we are very happy, Anthony, that you, you've joined us also from we would like to get to know more in this podcast on your role as an MC and your role as an MC to influence event design and to and how how do you look at event design? So we will come to speak to that a little bit more, I guess, in the in the next 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 part. But mainly, you are a host, a speaker, an event designer, and in your LinkedIn profile it says working with leaders to connect with their tribe members. I think that I guess that is what you are helping them with. Is that a correct introduction? Yes, that is a correct introduction. It's it's connecting those humans. It's it's having those messages, those ideas, and thoughts, and trying to connect with those that we are speaking to. And I think that's really important. Uh, working as a master of ceremonies as a speaker, before it was very simple. Here's a text, read it. Then there'd be a disconnect, trying to understand the event and what was going on. So, and you could, with years of experience, you kind of realize. Who's talking really behind the text? Is it the marketing team? Is it really the owner? Uh, who who who's doing this? Is it the designer? And you kind of get that idea. Where are we going with this? And who are we speaking to? And what message do we want to pass? So yes, that's that's the biggest thing. As for myself, well, Anthony Horn, <laughs> bilingual, a father. My my father's Cambodian. My mom's Filipino. I was raised in Montreal. Learned French and English. So this bilingualism, different cultures. 
and uh, basically a, a a proud uncle of uh, a little boy of four years old that uh, lost his father, my brother, recently, and taking on that role also. So I think in life we all take on different roles. So it's a lot of challenges going on, right? So it's really yeah. Wow. Sorry for that loss, Anthony, and and good that you take up that role. Uh, that's uh, that's super 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 cool, and must be um, a real role model of that uh, four-year-old boy, right? So that that is. I hope you can guide him through uh, through life a little bit. Yeah, yeah, super cool, Anthony. Um, you know you have listened to this to these podcasts before, right? Yes. So yes. you know what what we expect from you, right? So one, I think Garrett Yesen. One of our colleagues who was last week in our show said it really nicely. He said, like, do you know what this what this whole format is about? And he said, yeah, you are asking intelligent questions and I have to give silly answers. I said, yeah, not really, but that's a, that's a really nice description. Everything for the listeners is around our, our design to change book. And everything I mean that it's about conversations. And it's the, the podcast series is based on this this book where we actually say elevating your abilities to look and act beyond the now. That is what the subtitle of this book designed to change is. Now let's get started, Anthony, and kick off this podcast with actually the opening page of our book. And on the opening page of our book, it says a good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. And the question then is, would you leave that to chance? You know, reading that first line, I remember when I was reading the book, I was ambiguous first. I was like, yeah, I leave the chance. But that's if you're looking for serendipity or you want maybe something of, of entertainment or maybe it was placed upon you. But if you have a goal, if you have something you want to move forwards with, you can't leave it up to chance. Why would you? Why would you say, let's roll the dices? We're not gambling. <laughs> and sometimes you might want to gamble. Fine, that's it. But in this case, and in most cases, no, do not leave it up to chance. If you have any opportunity, and not to manipulate it, but to give it a structure so you have the most efficient outcome out of it. And through that, there might be moments of aha. Then great, but let's create that those, 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 those milestones so we can get those aha moments. Let's be as most efficient and as most productive as possible in our organizations without saying it's always about work, but so that we both learn, we're both exchanging. Yeah. And I must say, you have, I think you, you, you studied, studied theater, right? So theater at, at Concordia. Yes. So you must be, you, you must be educated with using conversations, using your voice, using different elements of how to structure a conversation, structure something. But many of us aren't, right? So one of the things conversations have in common, in common with driving and with giving birth to children is that we haven't been educated for this, right? So, or most of us. And, and the society just expects from us that we can do this. Where many things in life are super, uh, are based on conversations. Conversations are the change makers in, in many things we do, the change agents. And I'm not saying that we that that everybody leaves them to chance. I'm just saying like it's super important to prepare those and not to leave them for ch to chance and influence them a little bit because in many things there is important things you would like to to address. And many people go in in those conversations where maybe their career or their next few months of their career is depending on that conversation. And they said like just oh, I just go in and do it. 
And that is something we would like to, to do, not to change the world in that, in that sense, but there's many people are proficient in the language of event design using the event canvas methodology. That's the language. But languages are nothing if they if they are not used. And you need to have conversations in a language to, to do that. So that's the, the bridge between language and conversations. And that's how, how we how we got to write this book. So can I ask another question then? And yes. one yes. of the things we, we describe in in our book is horizons of change. And we would like to ask you, what is currently on your horizon of change? My horizon change. So looking forwards to the point of maybe to the unknown, what's that, 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 that line we can cross and you're not sure what's, it, it, it's, what's going on this year, like business-wise mindset is virtual going to take over is hybrid going to take over is, uh, is live events coming back to normal? What is the new normal? So it's not so much, uh, the, the techniques or the knowledge is important, but it's that mindset. It's that mindset. Where are we going to go with it? Where can we say, I'm going forward, or where am I going to invest? Or where should we invest? Because as a person working in the field as well, you have a certain influence, right? Whether it's good or bad, but you, you have to responsibilize yourself and, and so forth and give as well. Say, okay, I think we're heading this way. Who wants to work with me this way? Who Or to plan for the future, see the different options. So it's being... If I'd say the thing, biggest thing my horizons has changed is being as agile as possible. It's being really as agile as possible and not and being ready. First, we were before that normal. Mm-hmm. We were not as agile. Yep. I got solution A, B, C, D, E, and I got my backup plans FG with point three, point four. Now, if you're starting to do that right now in, in, in this context, I don't think you're going to succeed. So let's see how we can be agile, having that mindset. Exactly like design to change. It's not just techniques. It's a whole way of thinking, of moving forwards. And that's what's going to prevent you from sinking to the bottom or floating on top. Wow, that's a great insight. Thank you for that. So I think I think that is what many people you could use because I think that is that's really has, what has changed, what the pandemic has changed, is that we need to force ourselves to start thinking different. Because we know something like this could happen again, right? And maybe it never happens again. We don't know. And I think that's why we have to be on top of our feet and and don't rely on things that worked in the in the past, but make sure that you are not that you're agile, that you have maybe different scenarios, but you can be very flexible in those scenarios, but also that you can think of new scenarios along the way, right? I think I think that is uh, that's what we learned. Yeah, and I think it's applied to also, I mean, as well, event design, design to change that flexibility. It's being very elastic, kind of going with the flow as well. Yeah. And, but it's not, it's not the best solution. It's most, maybe the most effective solution at that moment, at this time, right now, but tomorrow could be something else. Nice. Nicely put. Thank you. So now we're going to spin the wheel and let the wheel decide, Anthony, what, what, the next chapter is we're going to talk about for the listeners we're going to talk about one of the chapters and we're going to focus on the worksheet part of which is on at the end of each chapter and we're going to ask some questions just to uh, see how we what your what your perspective is on a certain certain chapter so let's spin the wheel i'll spin it on my screen here on my mural and for some people like what is what's spinning the wheel there is a website called wheelofnames.com and you can just 
pre-populate that with the options you would like to offer and then let the wheel decide which is the next chapter you would like to uh, work on. So let's uh, click start and it's currently the wheel is turning and we are ending up with perspectives and uh, perspectives means that it's number two, chapter number two in our, in our book where we actually, and the full title is, it's, it's a matter of perspective, a way of looking. And that gives, I think, a very different way of, of, of doing that. And everybody is aware that of, of a perspective. But in a conversation, you have to also be aware of the other person's perspective. And that is not the same as your own. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more in, this, in the next few minutes, what, perspectives, what perspective is. But one of the things I would like to talk about is the first question on that worksheet. And that is the following. What recent conversation did you have that you left to chance, maybe, that you wish you could redo? One of the biggest, uh, well, here, a recent one is actually working as an MC and going with the client. It was our first meeting. And our first meeting, usually it's a meet and greet. Let's see what the client is and so forth. And I got the information and I went, and this is a mistake on my part. I went into this conversation saying, okay, I understand. Let me resume it to him and let me, you know, clinch him to make sure that he has confidence in me. So went through this, here are the steps. Here's what we're presenting. This is what the goal is. Here's our outcome we want out of it. Is this, is this right? And what happens? I didn't get a conversation with him. Well, yes, uh, that is correct. That is correct. Okay. And now, so I started going into my whole techniques. So we're going to do this way and this, and we're going to do this, this, and I'm like, yes, yes. Okay. And I felt there wasn't a connection until I realized instead of me saying here, here's what I've got, here's what we're going to do. Why didn't I take his perspective or even learn what his perspective is? Here's what I understand. Can you validate that? Does that resonate with you? Please give me some feedback more than what I have on the paper. I want to know more. I want to understand. And by having that conversation, it would have changed the whole basic dynamics between us as well. Not just as a colleague, but as also a relation, a business partner or a business collaborator. Okay, we're taking time to understand each other. And at the same time, I'm and I, I, I practice with others as well, is that we said, well, Anthony, maybe we can try this. And they, they trust you more than a simple execution because there's actually something going on and there's an exchange and that exchange was so important and I miss it out on that one. So I caught back on them. So let me, when we call down a second, I'm available. What's going through your mind? I showed you what I have. Is this right? Yes. Yeah, so far, this is right for, for the team, but what do you think personally? Let's, let's see how you're seeing this. Yeah. And he was ready right off the bat. Well, there's this, there's this, there's this, and there's this. Now you talked about this, but I really mean this. Oh, okay. Let's start working on this. And it started creating a better foundation to actually move forwards instead of being simple execution that, eh, okay, yeah, okay, it's okay. So that was a, a nice, a big eye-opener for myself, you know. So even if you're used to it, sometimes you get, you, you trip on yourself. If anybody was to make a mistake, it was my own mistake because it's that, 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 that confidence of, oh, yeah, I know what I'm doing. And once again, not being agile, not being open, not taking into account the different perspectives that exist even on a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, so ultimately, it's also the, the, 
taking out the self-orientation in a conversation is also right a matter of a matter of perspective right so the the broadcasting what you can do instead of asking questions what, what how they how they view that that is already one of the learnings i take out of this of the of your answer is that is that right Yes, yes. Take out your self-view and also and, and being open to understand that there are others' perspectives that do yeah. not force it. Even though, and and I've had a chance. Uh, I mean, do, uh, doing the um, the, uh, do the event design certificate. Uh, also, it's like when there's those empty times, let let them be, let them be, so that there's an exchange and not always jump on and just say, well, this is the path we're taking, uh, or this is the way I see it. The way I see it. Hmm. Let me get, let me go back and let's see how everybody else sees it or having the different angles because just what I see doesn't mean it's always right. It's an interpretation of what I'm seeing. So let's get the different interpretations to understand the broader view or a whole perspective. In the in the mastermind program we're gonna we're gonna do um, and we always do at the end of the year towards November and you have applied to become a mastermind that is exactly what we're going to do in that mastermind program after having learned the language as we said after becoming a proficient in having a conversation there's a little bit more there's how to become a trusted advisor that's that's what we would like to bring our people to to a next level and to be a better trusted advisor and in that program we have in the first two editions, we have focused on the advisor role. So very technical, very like, what can you do? What kind of things are there? And many of these things are already also in the, in the Design to Change book where we actually tested our first draft last year. And with the, with the help of masterminds, they reviewed the book and then that came to publication this year. This year, we're gonna focus in our mastermind program on the trust part of the trusted advisor and i I'm, I'm i'm actually the cue was that you talked about that a little bit and i call that self-orientation for a reason and it's not like to put a big sign on that it's more to to actually use that vocabulary because there is a trustworthiness trustworthiness formula and the trustworthiness formula is credibility plus reliability plus intimacy and then that is divided through one thing that's self-orientation so no matter how good you are on the credible the credibility on the reliability or the intimacy if you look at self-orientation in that conversation where you actually are telling people what you do do what happens to me in many cases so i can very very much rely to your the example you gave that is that is not helping you in that in that way, right? So the self-orientation, I'm not saying that it's the only component because self-orientation also means that you are in it in the game for yourself. And I know you, Anthony, you are absolutely not in the game for yourself. You are looking looking at the customer. But sometimes in these conversations that can happen that doesn't know how that how that works, but all of a sudden you are telling people what you normally do and, and you are in a certain mode and you, and then after a certain time I had the same the same experience. Like Oh yeah, what am I doing here? I think that's very uh, something. Also, maybe listeners uh, recognize, and that that happens. Sometimes it's two people together. Sometimes it's being not in the 
in the zone, so to say, right? So sometimes that helps. But um, yeah, I, I really um, like your answer on that, and we can build on that much, much further. I, 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 that is, for me, a very something I I need to develop myself as, as well, right? So it's uh, that's something we all feel that is very important. I I understand you, and, and you see it even in virtual. When you're passionate and the other person after a while, they have that glazed look in their eyes. They're like, oh, okay, I think I just went down my own rabbit hole. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And even when I'm just talking right now, right? So you try to bring a, pro a point across and for what reason, right? So listening, listening to understand, right? Not to answer per se. That is what we need to uh, need to master more, and that's but it's human, I think, right? It's human that we fall into that rabbit hole or fall into that pitfall. So that's absolutely human. May I go to the next question? Yes, yes. How would you address address risk and reward with your event owner in your next conversation? How would I address risk and reward in my next conversation? I give it up to the decider or the person responsible is how much do you want how much reward do you want you know and it, it it's nearly like a no not it's not a no-brainer but let's go back to the basics right it's it, it's it's a life it's a life rule you know the more you risk the more your chances you have to get these further possibilities opportunities so the more you can gain and also you're very honest you know you're, you can lose also a bit let's let's see how far you want to go i'm not saying i'm not being a car salesman saying you know no risk but it shows also your character as well how far are you willing how far are you willing to go what do you want change maybe you just want something stable that's all right or do you want a big step you want to make those big ripples if you do you know it i don't even have to explain it to you if i have to argue with you with this then maybe we're not ready for this conversation yet you know but if you want those big rewards, you want those big changes, then we have to do things differently or else you would have done them already in your everyday steps. We're talking right now, it's because you notice that there has to be a bigger reward at the end. So let's put more effort, put more time. And yes, there are sacrifices, but those rewards can come in consequence of that. And but yeah, exactly. And they go hand in hand, right? Risk and reward go hand in hand, right? The more reward you want to get, the more risk probably you're taking. Otherwise, everybody would get the same reward and everybody, it would be easy. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, that's, a, that's a nice one. That nice way of looking at it. The third question we, we would like to ask you is, what question would you ask to see, to see it like they do? And then typically, typically to, to the event owner. Uh, I've used this and, and, and being bilingual, I find it's one of the best words you can use because it it's similar. Like you know, lang each language has a specific meaning, but having both languages, I find this works very well. Does that resonate with you? Is there is there is there something? Is there a fiber that's making you either your heart pump, your 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 spine tingling, or your mind going going off physically, mentally, emotionally, uh, uh, psychologically? Does that resonate? Because if that resonates, okay, let's work on that. And that gives an, an openness because especially in a conversation, like it resonates with you, okay, you're getting personal with me. Yeah, I want to get personal with you. I want to know, you know, does this is this more than simply check? 
If it's a check, well, we'll get somebody else. Check, 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 check. I'll send you an email. But as we're con- uh, conversing, is there something that's going on? Are we making a connection here? Is it resonating with you? Is there a link? And and that's that's a check question, right? So if I if I could push you a little bit further down that down that rabbit hole, what questions? So looking at in the book we describe, there is a we we draw a six on the table, right? And depending on which side of the table you are, you see either a six or you see a nine. So one of the things which is our minds when we wrote this is that there is sometimes a frustration of that people don't see it like you do, right? So this this is the the negative way of putting this. How, how, How do you make sure that your viewpoint comes across? Okay, I understand. Yeah, I you know it comes to down to let's let's empathize each other. Let's take time before we we go for the results. Let's take a step back. Sometimes you have to take a take a step back. Let's zoom out and get a bigger picture, both you and I, you and I, or the other team members, so that we're kind of on that same wavelength. Yeah. We're going with that same resonance, and it can be contradictory as well, which is complementary depending on how you see it, right? So. But yeah, can can we zoom back? Can we just take a big, just just rewind a bit, or see a bigger picture so that we see everything and see why there's maybe friction? Why, but not just why is there friction, but why also is that you're not understanding each other? And then somewhere, just even if you just take the whole world, oh look at that, we're all on the same planet. Oh, that's what we have in common. Or uh, as often speakers use. What do you find in common with the, with, with the speakers, with, with the participants? Maybe they all have something, they're all from different places. So their thing that is uncommon is what makes it common. So it's understanding a global view as well. And that then we can start zooming back in. Okay, so this is where you are. Let's not forget about this. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we kind of put the pieces together to have a, a broader view as well to understand what's going on. It reminds me of in the event design using the event canvas methodology process where we actually talk about the stakeholder alignment canvas where you have to find at some point the overarching aim of the event and the overarching aim is then something all stakeholders agree with right so some things you cannot discuss or fight or debate that's that's just beyond discussion and and that makes it that makes it very easy to to as you said i zoom let's zoom out to to a point where we all see the same thing uh, and then zoom back in and say hey what what just happened or what do we see different and uh, can you can you explain that to me i think that's a wonderful point yeah so just an additional question i'm thinking of that as a as a master of ceremony as an mc how do you how do you use event design in your practice? Event design really resonated with me. A, a quick story. When I started, I was an MC and I was receiving texts. They said, okay, here, here's your text, read them out. And even as I was reading them, I would find disconnects. Like I'm talking uh, and I'm talking about this and this is not about event. This is the marketing team making me say this. This is the legal team making me say this. This is a, the owner wants to push this in. And there was this whole bunch of disconnects to what the event was. And I started taking a taster class with Costa uh, <laughs> Concordia. And, and I, I discovered, I said, wow, this is a thought process that puts everybody aligned 
and it gives it a guideline to where are we headed and you can play within that. So going through that, that really helped me out. And just to make sure like I'm answering your question properly, uh, the whole event design canvas really got me focused on how I can apply it in my speeches, how I can apply it in design as well. Being a speaker, they often get you on the last line of the event saying, okay, well here speaker. So I asked him, can I come before? I'd like to help you so we can guide this event, especially in the virtual now, which we discovered, right? You need a sort of a guideline. You need some sort of way you're heading towards a thought process to how to have an outcome. But can I be part of the process before we can get this, everybody on the same page and we can have like a common message or a common goal that we're trying to achieve. Yeah. And I think I spoke to many MCs like yourselves who are trying to yeah, influence more in the in the start phase of, of of the event instead of like, okay, this is your text, as you said. What what steps does the industry need to take to do this, according to you? What steps? That's a really good question. What steps do you need to, to move forward? First, businesses, uh, organizations are realizing we can't go back to what was before. That's the first step. Because actually there's, there's a, one of the best things I, I found, and it is, I, I can't remember exactly, but it's Japanese proverb saying, the event we have today is unique because even though we have it next year, you will have changed. So you can't be the same, you can't have the same event. You change during a year. And that's what you have to realize. And now we've, we've gone through a major change, whether you want to believe it or not. So, forward and say okay we have to think of new ways you can use the old rules if you want apply them because we feel comfortable but we have to change and accept that change and say okay we can't we don't we can't rely on what was done in the past that's i think the first thing second thing also is i'm going to take the example of google google has the best formula available i know that there are risks or rewards but there's also failure and we cannot fail this year especially after coming back what about google what does google do I'll throw out a product and I'm going to ask everybody what they think of it. Not everybody where it failed or not, just cr criticize me and they keep on improving on their product. So having an, an organization, a business thing, we want to do this. What do you think? Is this good? What's your feedback? How can we improve this for you? Okay, we're coming back. And having that, that openness, but also being vulnerable at the same time, makes a big difference. I think those are two steps and involving your people around you. A lot of things are done in-house during the pandemic. I don't know how it was around the world, but one thing that came often is let's give everybody back their expertise. Instead of saying, mm -hmm. we're doing all this in-house and we're going to do a team and I'll learn it and so forth. You know, this person's good at AV. This person's good for design. This good. Let's give them back their parts so that we can concentrate on what we have to do and not spread ourselves out because we had time to do it. Give everybody back their expertise and work as a team, not in silos anymore, but more holistically. No, that's interesting. So thank you, Anthony, for this onstage conversation. And we are also welcoming, welcoming you, but also the listeners to a backstage conversation in a few minutes. Anthony, thank you for your insights. Thank you for your time. And yeah, I hope to see you soon virtually or in another podcast series. Uh, any other things like because the, the proverb thing i would really like to know that that and i'll, I'll make sure that that is also 
in the in the description of this podcast um, so that people can look that up. Same same as your LinkedIn profile will also be posted in in the profile of this this podcast so that you have that you can connect with Anthony. That's one thing. Any things you would like to share just as we go to the to backstage? Um, help each other. Well, that's one thing. Being a, a person that has worked on my own and now being part of a community, that community really helps you out so much. Uh, reaching out, sharing. We might think sometimes it's useless, but no, just reaching out. There's generosity that's out there. Uh, people want to help each other move forward. You will find your tribe. I was I was connecting tribes, but I was alone until I discovered, you know what? No, let, let me reach out as well. Let me be vulnerable and let me uh, risk as well, saying uh, I'm not invulnerable. I need help or can you support me? And you will find a whole world out there. So thank you. Um, so people can reach out to you. Yes, yes, yes. And I, and I want to reach out to people too. So back and forth. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. This has been another episode of the Design to Change Designer Conversation Series. Explore these conversations and additional content at designtochange.online. Want more right now? Tune into the backstage episode of this conversation and hear what the experts discuss offstage.